The best business ideas often spring up not in boardrooms, but in real-life situations. And on today's show, Ben McKinnon relates how sorting through a tangle of rewards programs inspired him to start the first rewards-as-a-service company, Card. It's all here on Bankadelic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts based in jolly old London, England. And I'm your host, Lou Carloso. Super, super psyched to have our guest on the podcast today, Ben McKinnon. Ben is the founder and CEO of Card. That is, by the way, Card with a K. The first rewards as a service company. Very curious about that. We're going to ask Ben what that's all about. He has sat on the Forbes Finance Council and serves as a mentor for tech stars and network for entrepreneurs and an outstanding network at that, I should add. He holds a bachelor's degree in economics from Williams College and lives with his family in New York. Ben, welcome to Bankadelic. Lou, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So the first question I have to ask you is why card with a K? (laughs) That is a great question. I actually have a notepad of a whole bunch of different names when originally starting the company. I wanted it to be a short and strong word, and I always really liked the letter K. So I thought it was a good fit. That's fantastic. I think maybe I should change like Bankadelic to have a K instead of a C at the end. <laughs> We're big fans of the letter K. We, across the company, every time we have a different name for what employees at Card are, we always try and come up with something interesting all surrounded around the letter K. Courageous, commendable communicators. There you go. <laughs> and we could think of 10 more if we wanted to. Now, Shifting gears a little bit, I am always fascinated by this concept of the moment when or when the light bulb goes off or the pain point, whatever you want to call it. Take us to the moment when you conceived of CARD, what that was about, what inspired you to do this, not only as a business, but as a different way of doing business. Sure. I knew I wanted to start my own company. That was where I originally started, was wanting to really be my own boss and build something from the ground up. 
I was working for an enterprise software company called Work Market, based in New York, which is, as you mentioned, where my family and I are from. And Card is not in the enterprise software space at all. We don't have anything to do with what Work Market was doing. So I don't really come from the fintech or loyalty or payment space, but really just had a consumer problem. My wife and I, we spent a bunch of money on our cards and moved into an apartment. And then after the fact, stumbled upon these types of benefits and offers and rewards built into our payment cards and had missed out on a whole bunch of potential cash back and points. And so really the aha moment, if you will, was that I wanted to create a product that made it easier for consumers to know they had these types of rewards and be able to have a more seamless way of earning them. So I actually approached it from a consumer's perspective and wanting to make sure that I could help consumers earn the points that they deserved on their transactions. So originally created honey for your credit cards, if you will. So we would tell you as a consumer, wherever you are shopping, if you're on Home Depot, you can use this card and get the most points. And they have a particular offer that will give you an you know, extra 6 or 10% cash back. So spent a couple of years working on that consumer style business. And then we pivoted in 2019 to what we are today, which is rewards infrastructure for payments companies. So it took a little while for us to really figure out exactly the path and kind of get to where we are now. But the approach we're taking now over the last few years has really proven to be working out well for us. So excited about where we are now, but it has been a long road to get here. Yeah, the long road is often the rewarding one once you get to that iteration point where, wow, this is working. I have to say, I've never heard the term rewards as a service. And it seems that every time I run into an innovator, there is a new wrinkle on AAS. Tell us what rewards as a service is and how that works. Sure. So the rewards as a service aspect comes into play when this whole building a network of advertisers and advertising agencies and merchants and tracking all of those transactions really isn't a core banking product. So we do, however, sell to, as I mentioned, banks and card issuers. So the rewards as a service aspect really just means to us that it's an easy way for any bank or card issuer to be able to integrate a unique and customizable set of rewards into their payment cards and do so very quickly and easily. Our last couple of issuer customers, we've been able to onboard them in a matter of days or weeks so they can have a really compelling and competitive product available to their customers that they essentially are outsourcing to card. That is fantastic. And number one, a definite differentiator. And number two, something that I'm sure the issuers are finding of value. What kind of feedback are you getting thus far from the companies that you're working with to get this going? Sure. So we launched our APIs at the beginning of 2020 which is an interesting time to be launching a new product right when the world's going through such a tough time with COVID, of course. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I have some more stories there for you. But we launched at the beginning of 2020 and signed our first couple of customers. It took a while to really start to get to see some real traction. So we had you know, essentially zero end consumers on our platform at the beginning of 2020. Today, we have around 14 million. It's been crazy to see. You know, I started the company in 2016 in that initial consumer 
aspect. And it took us years to get to 10, 20, 30,000 customers. So I think the first kind of point of feedback is just how many new customers are coming to card. So we're growing incredibly rapidly and are super excited about all of the customers that we're working with and all of the unique products that they're building on top of our APIs. I guess the second point I would share is really in the data that we see. So we see transaction data all day long, millions of transactions across our network every day. And what we're really able to see is how using card, our customers are able to move their cardholders from their initial signup, kind of an inactive customer who maybe makes a few transactions and is testing out their product and starts to become a more active and loyal cardholder. So that's the most important metric for us is how consumers are moving through that activity funnel, if you will. So it's been really exciting to see the growth of the platform overall, and then also how we're helping our issuers drive more engagement and activity on their cards. I have to say zero to 14 million. I love Lamborghinis, but I don't think even a Lamborghini could hope to go <laughs> fast in such a short period of time. It's really an amazing accomplishment. Now, please help me if I'm not quite describing this correctly, but the sense that I gather from you is that the issuers are also creating something of an experience that's A, frictionless, and B, is engaging loyalty because now cardholders have the ability to integrate, keep track of their points, use their points in a way that wasn't possible before. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to think about it. And so to your first point around frictionless, so that's one of our key differentiators is that our offers, so the rewards that we're creating with our merchant partners are seamless and frictionless for the consumer. Kind of a real life example is if you go and buy a burrito from Chipotle and we have a deal with Chipotle, then if you buy that burrito using one of our issuers cards, you're going to automatically earn whatever that deal is that's associated and targeted to you for you, the consumer. So all you do is use your linked card and you're going to automatically earn six times your points or 5% cash back, whatever the reward is for you. So it's a very frictionless experience, which drives much more engagement, not only for our issuers, but frankly, for our merchant partners as well. It creates this surprise and delight feel for the consumer. You buy your burrito and then before it's actually ready for you and you're walking out the store or eating in store, you receive a notification that says, congrats, you just earned some extra points or cash back or miles. So it is engendering this loyalty feeling for both sides of our network so that the next time you're thinking about buying a burrito, you're going to go back to Chipotle and make sure you use that same card. So it's the really great experience for really all three parts of our network, the merchant, the issuer, and the consumer. You're making me hungry. <laughs> I, I've used the Chipotle example before because I'm a big burrito and specifically Chipotle fan. Yeah. Now... You mentioned what's exciting for you, and I'm really compelled by this idea that you seem to have skin in the game. You're saying to the merchants, like, you're only going to be paying us if you're seeing the performance on the other end, which is very courageous. Some people would say, well, here's our service, take it or leave it. This is how much it is. Why are you using that model in particular when it seems like this is something you could just as easily charge for and collect the money on the front end? 
It's a good question. And, and my investors push me to think about that a lot of the time, <laughs> as they would. But, uh, we are, you're right, we are taking a bit of a bet on ourselves. And in our opinion, it's the right way for a marketer, again, whether or not that's a local coffee shop or a big national big box retailer, it is the right way for them to use a platform like Card. So they can come on and create an offer in the Card network, decide who they want to target it to. And then we're only going to be charging when we're driving transactions for those particular cohorts or demographics or types of customers that they're trying to target. So we're able to charge a specific rate, if you will. So it's on a cost per acquisition. We are able to charge a specific rate there. So we fit into that overall performance-based marketing. There are certain things that we're building into the platform where we'll be able to charge different types of fees or as we provide different types of value to our merchants. But today it is that pure cost for performance model. It seems to me that you're thinking about loyalty on two ends, the loyalty of the customers who are using the products of the card issuers, but also the loyalty of the issuers themselves, that they want to work with you because you are proving what you're doing day in and day out. It's exactly right. It's one of the tough parts about building a product like Card is that we're building a marketplace. And so we have to build both sides of that marketplace. There's not only the merchants that are working with us to provide offers and rewards to consumers, but then there's the issuers that without them, we don't have a way to really make any money on the offer side of our business. So one of the reasons why it took a while to really get to any scale was that it's that typical kind of chicken and egg problem. We had to have issuers to provide value to merchants. We had to have merchants to provide value to issuers. So took a couple of twists and turns along the way, but luckily we've gotten to a point now where we're at a level of scale that we can provide a lot of value to both sides of our network. And then looking into the next year, it's just thinking about different things that we can invest in for both our issuer partners, new products we can build for them, as well as for our merchant partners and how we can continue to provide increased value to them so that as they're looking at all their different marketing channels, they want to choose card issuers as they're looking at different types of rewards and loyalty experiences that they can build, making sure that card is front and center for them. Absolutely. And if 14 million is not scale, I don't know what is. And Yet that's bound to grow, right? So let's say it is early 2024 and you and I are sitting down at a Chipotle, of course. <laughs> We're of course. talking about what has changed over the last year. Give me a sense of what you really hope is going to happen with Card over the next 12 months or so. So that if we were having that conversation, you could share with me, Lou, look at what's going on. Sure. I think about it mostly in terms of the value that we're providing to our customers and less so the pure scale that we're gonna reach. So for example, we increased our spend at our merchant partners by roughly eight times over the last year. So from a scale perspective, you know, we've grown the network, but we're actually providing a ton of value to our customers and end consumers as well. So really, I hope to continue to do the same thing provide more spend at our merchants, more rewards to our issuers' customers so that they continue to stay happy. So we're doing that in a few different ways. One is we're investing really heavily in growing out our merchant network. We have a sales team that's able to go out and build relationships with some of the top merchants and partnerships to reach kind of the SMB 
market of merchants and continuing to invest in that so that we can drive more spend for our issuers and more value to them and their consumers. We're also looking at different types of products that we can roll out for our customers. So everything that we're doing today is when you go buy something at one of our merchant partners, you earn some extra points or cash back. But really, that is a somewhat narrow view of rewards and loyalty. We're really excited about our ability to start to reward consumers on other types of behaviors and on if you make your card, your direct deposit account, or if you buy five coffees in a month, whatever the issuer can do to drive as much activity and engagement on their cards as possible. So that's the first iteration of what we're building. So you know, when we sit down at the end of 2023, I'm hoping we're going to have multiple product lines where we're able to drive different types of value across our network. I'd say that's the most important thing for me. Well, if you are, as we know, a mentor with Techstars, then it would only be cosmically fair for you to get that energy back and then some and have these growth aspirations come to life. I am really, really grateful. And I don't say this very often that when the taping is done, I'm going to look at card and sign up for it because I want those rewards. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk to your different banks that you work with. We're super excited about how we're growing and the value that we're able to provide to everybody across the network. And there's a lot of opportunity for us to not only grow that scale and keep on getting more and more end consumers, but then also to add to the merchant network and different product lines as we're rolling out new things over the next year. So finally, as we head off into the sunset here, one thing that really fascinates me is what an entrepreneur brings to the table, not just professionally, technically, entrepreneurially, but also personally. What kind of person is driving this and getting a clearer sense of who you are and what you're about, I think would be really fascinating for me to know and for the listeners to know. Maybe you can share something with us about yourself that you really think informs the passion that you have for what you do. Would love to. So I grew up in a small one or two stoplight town in Vermont. I moved to New York City and took a little while to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. I worked in the nonprofit sector for a while then started getting into tech startups. I mentioned how I knew I wanted to start my own thing. And one of the reasons why is both of my parents did that. My father started a non-traditional learning school. My mom started a law firm. So nothing in the technology space, but I think was able to learn a lot from them in terms of how you're able to really create your own vision and service the customers that you want to. And really took that to heart when looking at what I wanted to start. I'd say the only other thing that maybe would like to call out is I haven't really mentioned our team much, which I wanted to make sure that I do. Please do. 55, 60 people across the United States now, a fully remote team. But I'd say I did a good job getting to zero to one. The rest of the team is so much better at doing all of the aspects of their jobs than I would ever be. And internally grateful for our team taking us as far as we have and really excited about everyone involved and hopefully building out the team going into the next year too. That's fantastic. And if you're looking for a new title, I've got one. You are the card holder. Make sure it's with a K. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Ben, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate the time. And I've got a burrito waiting for you when you come to Chicago. I'm excited. It was great to chat, Lou. Looking forward to the next time we can do it. Ben McKinnon is the founder and CEO of Card. That's Card with a K. He is based in New York City. Be sure to look for Ben on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. T-I-C-Bank.com. Well, on behalf of everyone at our Challenger Bank, we want to thank you for doing this phone call with us today, Mr. Huckabee. Mr. Huckabee. Yeah, that's right. John Huckabee. Okay, Mr. Huckabee, tell us a little bit about your business. We want to help you with growth. Growth is our priority. It's the number one thing we do. Well, our business is growing, and that concerns me. Well, of course, scaling up is a very... No, I mean, it concerns me because our business is shrinking. Wait, you just said your business is growing. That's right. So how could your business be growing and shrinking at the same time? Well, last year we used to have 200 plants, and now we only have five. Wait a second. That's a really dramatic drop, and yet you said your business is growing, and then you said your business was shrinking. That's right. We grow marijuana plants. You know, Mary Jane, pot, dubers, whatever you want to call it. We love it. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, and our shrinking business is growing. Wait a second. I, now, look. Mr. Hennessy. That's Huckabee. John Huckabee. Okay, Mr. Huckabee. Care to explain? That's the other business we do. They, they get on those peliotons and they take those Pilates classes and their, their jeans are too big for them, so we shrink them. They're shrinking business, that's growing. <sighs> okay, so your growing business is shrinking and your shrinking business is growing. That's right. Let me see, let's back up a minute here. Maybe you can tell me how much 
in revenues you made overall last year? What's a revenue? How much money did you make last year? Well, that's easy. About $125 million. $125 million? Oh, look. Just looking at your balance sheet, you have a marijuana operation with five plants. You are shrinking jeans. How is Listen, that? Listen, mister, we got these amazing counterfeiting machines from the Eastern Bloc. And I got to tell you, they print $100 bills that nobody would recognize as being fake. And now, Bankadelic presents... Three Bullseyes. Number one. My wife and I, we spent a bunch of money on our cards and moved into an apartment. And then after the fact, stumbled upon these types of benefits and offers and rewards built into our payment cards and had missed out on a whole bunch of potential cash back and points. Number two. So really the aha moment, if you will, was that I wanted to create a product that made it easier for consumers to know they had these types of rewards and be able to have a more seamless way of earning them. Number three. One of the tough parts about building a product like Card is that we're building a marketplace. And so we have to build both sides of that marketplace. There's not only the merchants that are working with us to provide offers and rewards to consumers, but then there's the issuers that Without them, we don't have a way to really make any money. And now, lose views. Hey, financial services folk, what do you say we get a little artsy? <laughs> In her book, Drawing on the Artist Within, Betty Edwards defines the various stages of creative endeavor. Incubation is first and obviously takes a long time. But illumination is so short, it literally happens as fast as you can turn on a light switch. As Ben McKinnon of CARD related on today's podcast, breakthrough ideas can happen in an instant. It's the critical mass that's the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs like Ben, and almost always that takes time. Lots of it. Illumination is not instant gratification, and that's why VCs and MBAs talk about proof of concept. Your idea sounds good, but does it have a market? Can it attract one? Those people like McKinnon willing to hang in there know the true story. Illumination requires iteration, testing and learning, and perhaps most of all, patience. It's one thing to see the light and another to help others see and grasp the vision. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. ring a ding 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 Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.